Psalm 78, 72 is a great little um, little line for that too. David led with skillful hands and a pure heart. So if if the heart outweighs the skill, then something's out of whack. And it, Or if the skill is out of whack with the heart, you know, a presentation from someone that's so good, but sort of feel like it, it, it didn't connect you, like you, you weren't able to yep. connect to, to God somehow. It's been so good, so rich for yeah, me like, personally. Like, gosh, the, I, I just decided while you're speaking there, I just thought I got to do this at least once a week with somebody because it's feeding me yeah. <laughs> and I'm learning from it. Like, yeah, and then I get good. to listen to it again. Sorry, what's that? That's really good, Steve. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, relationship, right? Totally, totally. Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. On today's show, we have the amazing John Bowler, an awesome guy. I absolutely love this podcast episode. I loved uh, talking to John and um, just in editing it, I listened to it again and I got so much out of it. There's so many clips that I wanted to take as sort of the highlights and put at the beginning, but, uh, I, I had to limit it, limit it to two, normally just one, but today I had to do two. So a lot of you are gearing up, some of you are gearing up to attend the Levite Summit that's coming up at the very beginning of March, 2019 in Kelowna, British Columbia, and that's uh, that's John's event, and he, along with a lot of amazing volunteers and teachers, speakers, musicians, are about to rock your world. So here is an interview with John Buller, and I just, I love this. Have a listen. Enjoy. Woo. Okay. Even tune, John Buller, take two. Yeah. Take two, take final take. I hope. <laughs> okay, so we are good. We are live. We're recording. Very excited. I'm very excited to talk to my friend John. We don't know each other super well, but we've played together uh, once. He had me join him playing some guitar for a conference he was leading at a while ago, a couple years ago, I guess. And uh, I just had an awesome time. Really good, really good time, both musically and just as far as the your heart and just the spirit of the whole event and our our time together. So that was that was cool. So I thought this is a guy I want to interview, and a big part of why I want to interview you is that you are are also pouring into you know worship leaders, local church leaders, uh, songwriters, artists. You are all about that with with what you're doing. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about Levite Summit and and uh, your music and your history. Uh, how'd you get started? What's your story? I mean, in a in a nutshell. <laughs> not that you can we can we can't really fit you in a nutshell. That's not fair. But you know, give give us give us your favorite points of how you came up as a songwriter, musician, worship leader. Now now you know mentor. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. First of all, Steve for 
inviting me to conversation. This I'm I'm excited as well and honored and privileged and it's pretty neat to hear what's uh, developing. Uh, I think it's great. Right so, on. congrats and Thanks, thank man. you for having me. Congrats to you too. All right. As we'll yeah. as we'll hear as we'll <laughs> hear the last couple of years have been fun for you, hey. <laughs> Mutual appreciation for yeah. sure here. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, right now we're working at something called the Levite Summit, um, and I guess, you know, it's just cool to reflect on how God works in our lives, right, and how the things that happen to us and our stories are kind of always preparing us for things that, you know, perhaps we dream of and work towards and wish for. And feel called to, but we're still totally um, surprised by how mm. how he's constantly working and and yeah. um, ordaining things. Um, so yeah, right now Levite Summit is is my thing. Uh, I work for a nonprofit ministry called Hear the Music Ministries, mm-hmm. and we do yeah we gather and equip and train people. Um, at this uh, this conference that we've been doing for five years in Kelowna, uh, which is uh, expanding now to Red Deer um, this year, uh, so we'll have two two conferences of the same sort of nature, and then yeah, just a bunch of you know some of the similar stuff that you're doing, you know, coaching and mentoring mm. um, individuals and or visiting churches and leading and participating and uh, working with them to contribute to their worship services and stuff. Uh, right on. So that's sort of the like snapshot of the current picture. Um, LeviteSummit.com for people that are interested in finding out more about the conference. And it is a great conference. Um, I'm really, uh, you know, proud, proud of how it's, uh, I think, contributing to people's lives, but also the sort of spiritual and pastoral care that happens there in the ministry uh, to the tribe of artists and musicians and leaders. Right um, so, yeah, really good. Um, but, yeah, rewind, gee, 20 years or more, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, even, like, just as a young young person growing up in Winnipeg, I live in, in Vernon, B.C. now, but mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, you know, there's definitely something in the water in the culture in Winnipeg towards the arts and yeah. uh, in that city uh, for whatever reason. Um, a lot of people say it's, you know, the climate uh, causes you to uh, either get really into sports or get really into music because it gets just so cold in the wintertime. Yeah. Do something, right? But, yeah, you know. I, I went to school in Regina and we used to get – uh, musician like and I played there too and there's a lot of music there but we used to get a lot of musicians from Winnipeg coming and yeah. we, and we would say the same thing like man it's 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 similar <laughs> to here but there's something there's almost like more in your water <laughs> <laughs> yeah perhaps so, right on oh yeah and definitely um, I come by it honestly the love for music that is with my family the musical background in the family and a uh, Mennonite culture grew up in a small Mennonite church everybody sings or plays everybody does harmony even if they you know don't necessarily consider themselves musical Mm. um or parts and all that 
kind of stuff, singing from the hymnal. Um, and yeah, when I was in, uh, in high school, I had a, a Sunday school teacher, actually, who had a little recording studio, and he would invite us, um, uh, us musicians from the church to hang out there once a week. And cool. so we'd go and play and write songs. And when I got to university, I was actually in business school, um, taking a commerce degree at University of Manitoba. And uh, that same teacher, he said to me, hey, you know, I've got 30 hours of free recording time at another studio in town um, that uh, was bigger and more professional. is actually Steve Bell's studio, Steve's manager now, Dave. And um, he said, yeah, they um, they have this uh, this time that uh, hasn't been used. Do you, uh, um, do you want it? <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, uh, heck yeah, I would love to do that and work with a producer in there. So that was my first sort of real recording experience beyond, you know, basement four-track mm-hmm. recording, which was sort of, you know, the the tech in the day before, totally. before Logic and Pro Tools and, and um, all of the yeah. stuff. What were, what were they running at that at the studio at like uh, at the one that you got time at? Yeah, it was a twenty four track two inch tape. Oh, nice! Right and analog, and so it was a really interesting experience, right? Because now we edit like we edit, uh, you know, a word word document. You yeah, don't sentence. You take it out. You put something in. You just click and move and. Um, if we and we did this, if if there was a take that was great, there's one little part that you didn't like, you actually you know manipulated the tape or even cut and tape, and it was hmm. just incredible the kind of like the literal analog editing that you did, um, which is the same principle now but much much easier. <laughs> yeah. Know? Wow. That's yeah, cool. So Pretty cool. I don't know. I guess that dates things, but uh, <laughs> nowadays people sort of long for those those sort of sounds and the warmth of tape and stuff yeah. like that. So, anyway, yeah. So I've been doing it for a while. Uh, I, I was attending a, a a church, kind of a hip, cool church at the time called the Meeting Place, and when I finished oh, yeah. my, I um, gave it to the worship leaders there and they called me you know that afternoon I think and said hey this is great why don't you come and play and I was just pumped to be part of something that was exciting and that was you know modern music and you know we we could really rock out and yeah uh, so that was that was a blast in my my college university years while I was taking my business degree and when I graduated from business, I spent the last, basically the last year of my um, <clears throat> time in university booking, uh, trying to book a tour. So mm. I had taken um, half a year off to go on a mission trip across Canada with a, a group called uh, Youth Mission International, which is the Mennonite Brethren um, missions thing in Canada at the time. And so I had met a bunch of pastors and leaders in Western Canada and um, went back to school, finished my business degree and 
just phoned up all these guys and I said, Hey, I'm John. Remember me? Right. Uh, you know, I charge 250 bucks and I'm coming to do a concert. <laughs> play awesome. Church. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Honda Civic and I had a four, like a light tree with four lights and a mixer and a couple of speakers and uh, filled up my Honda Civic and hit the road in Western Canada. And that was, that was what I did. Right. And that, that just grew from there to touring for about 10 years. Mm. Um, yeah, trying try to make this uh, long story kind of a bit shorter. So no, it's good. As it's I, good, man. I toured a bit. Uh, I toured a lot. I toured full-time. And then uh, whenever I came home, I was kind of developing, uh, I guess, a community of musicians in Winnipeg. We started doing monthly worship events that grew um, to a sort of citywide thing. Um, some of the people in Winnipeg that were doing that before me, uh, in a sense, handed the baton to me and I took it and we would rent the local theater in Winnipeg and just a whole bunch of people would come. And uh, again, that music culture in Winnipeg it, at the time, there was just something special happening with the worship stuff and it was just a really exciting time in our city for the city to come together and worship, but also musicians to want to be together and, and mm. learn together. So what I noticed was that I was kind of accidentally um, mentoring and training yeah. uh, people. And uh, we would kind of have, yeah, everybody just kind of wanted to be <laughs> around, hear the music night. Uh, it seemed and um, so we decided to get more intentional about that and founded the charity near the music night and yeah I kept touring and um, but uh, tried to build this sort of um, equipping thing which is what what it's uh, come to be yeah come you know moved to BC I was offered a job I met a lot of pastors when I toured one of them was uh, was Stuart McKnight here in Vernon Alliance, and mm -hmm. he invited me to come out. So um, that's a whole that's a whole other piece of the story. But the the hear the music and the Levite Summit, which I've returned to now, um, that's that's how that all came to be. That's cool, man. So in some ways, you're you're uh, I I don't know you could call it full circle or something, but it's like. In some ways, it looks like you're doing something new, but but really you're uh, continuing. It's like uh, part two or something. <laughs> yeah, it really it really is. I mean, it's different. the The difference is that uh, I was really focused and felt called to being a um, a recording artist and a worship leader, and then the the mentoring and the equipping was was kind of the the uh, the thing that happened along with it, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, now the mentoring and equipping is is the uh, I think the actual call and the vision and the recording and songwriting is the tool to to do that. So it just sort of flipped around. Yeah. Um. You know, when we came to Vernon. I was really weary from ten years of being on the road and I was just so ready to just invest in a local community and I found a passion for the local church that I didn't know that I had. Yeah. And so we had 12 years of just such beautiful, meaningful um, 
spiritual formation and learning with Vernon Alliance Church that I'm forever grateful for. Um, mm-hmm. And then I've, it just really seemed like, okay, it's time to now step out of that again. And I would be disobedient if I didn't listen to God saying, I want you to keep doing what you're doing, but I want you to um, do it, um, you know, in a, maybe a, a different, it's going to look a little different now again. Yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that was the, the thing we felt we needed to do. My wife and I was to resign and go back to the nonprofit, but we're still in Vernon and we still go to VAC and we're, uh, we're really part of, uh, still a rich community and just trying to make these conferences, uh, thrive here. So, Hey, and, and so uh, can't help but got my pastor hat on now. Pastor, pastor, what was that like, uh, you know, leaving the position but staying there? Like, did you take a break from from worshiping there? Or, or yeah, we took just, a little, yeah, we took a break. I mean, uh, I guess to be honest, uh, my family didn't. Uh, my mm-hmm. family really just, they, we, we all love the church and our yeah. relationships. And uh, so... Um, I just, uh, I kind of laid low personally, Yeah. Uh, still kind of trying to plug into different, uh, things and places for my spiritual health, but yeah, I just kind of laid low, um, for, uh, two or three months and, uh, mm-hmm. returned back on a regular basis now. So, yeah, right on. The yeah, one like, thing was, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Steve. Oh, I just was going to say, yeah, like, I mean, we moved here a year ago and I needed a break. Uh, but in the end, you know, we, the, the church where we fell into, it's an Alliance church. I was Alliance pastor as well. And, and, uh, so I thought, well, I'm in a whole different town. So I just wondered what it was like for you to, to shift gears like that, but be in the same, same town and now same community. But that's, that's great. That's good. They kind of gave you that space and. Yeah, it's been good. Um, It's different, you know, you go and, and, um, you observe the, the service and the mechanics and you kind of knowing, knowing what I know about how it comes together behind the scenes uh, gives me a different perspective yeah. on, on the, the weekend services. Uh, but yeah, um, they're doing such good things at VAC. So right on. I mean, for me, the thing, the probably the most challenging thing was having the same rhythm in my life for 12 years, every weekend, um, knowing what you're going to do basically on Tuesday and what you're going to mm-hmm. do basically on Wednesday and what you're going to feel like on Saturday and Sunday after, um, you know, and knowing how September is going to go and knowing that you ramp up to Christmas and knowing there's a drop zone in January and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the seasonal rhythms and you know, all the weekly rhythms and your body and your psychology and your spirit, everything about you is, gets really used to that. And so Re- remove all of that structure um, completely, uh, like all at once, <laughs> yeah. from week to the next. Has take it took me a long time to um, sh- to shift out of that and back into sort of the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. um, of you know raising your support and 
um, not having the same week every week and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It was a challenge, but it's good. It's fresh. It's fun to um, right. have that flexibility and um, variety. Uh, and yeah, it's exciting and challenging. Yeah. Hey, tell me, did you ever think this? Like, this is how one of the things I said to Lisa, my wife, before we moved uh, just over a year ago, I said, you know, I this is a good thing for me because I was I was a pastor, uh, at, you know, in the same role, worship and arts uh, for five and a half years um, at a church in Prince George, and and I was like, I need to take a break from pastoring to make sure <laughs> that I'm to make sure that I'm doing this not just because it's my job and it's that rhythm that I've been doing for you know, 18 years. And mm. I, I don't mean like, you know, it wasn't like I was, I, it wasn't that I was having doubts or wrestling with my faith or anything like that, but because, you know, the routine and the practice of, I mean, yeah, just like, like you just <laughs> said, the weekly routine and it, you're just in this life and um, there's only so many ways you can kind of try to, make it fresh again for yourself. So like, I think I, I recommend to anybody in any line of work, you know, if you can take a break, take a sabbatical, take a shake your mm -hmm. head a bit, get into a different routine. And because what it did for me and, and you know, it, it, I, I got to sort of prove to myself that, okay, yeah, I worship and I, <laughs> I have a relationship with the Lord, not just because it's my job, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's a fear, I think, for some folks in ministry that, you know, you don't want to become the professional Christian and uh, and right. uh, lose touch with the fact that you're a person and you're a disciple yourself. And and uh, but anyways, that mm. that's a whole other topic. But I just mm. think that's great. You know, you got you're into it. And how do you feel like what, how long has it been a year and a half, two years yeah, about a year and a half now. Do you have your? Do you have a new rhythm, a new routine, or? Uh, you know what? Honestly, it's still taking shape. Uh, the first year was uh, was kind of like, okay, I got to hit the ground running and make sure this thing works. And yeah. um, there's a bit of um, uh, you know, there's a bit of a thing where maybe don't want to admit it, but you you want to uh, prove it, <laughs> right? everybody around you right so yeah being totally uh, vulnerable here but i thought you know i gotta i'm gonna work really hard and uh, that way uh i can sort of know that this was the right thing to do so mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not totally convinced that that's healthy but on the other hand you know when you're starting something new essentially or restarting something yeah and you you want to put your nose to the grindstone and give her and so i and that's what i tried to do um so that first year was really busy mm. but i also you know in a sense was blindsided and it probably shouldn't have been by um uh how challenging it is to sometimes make a transition after such a long season at one thing yeah and so i actually needed to just sort of recover yeah not that there's something to recover from in that sense. I don't mean it that way, but you, you need to sort of, okay, like you say, take a breath and debrief yourself and um, 
learn some lessons and reflect on the past and look to the future. And so the first year was really like a combination of like, okay, let's hit it hard. And also, oh, holy smokes, I need to really just, just push the pause button and realize that this doesn't all have to happen right away. Yeah. I don't have to enact this vision and have everything take shape immediately. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there was a bit of a balancing and lots of learnings in the first year. And I did a, a lot more traveling than I thought I would. Um, and uh, But that was okay. It was good to do that. Mm-hmm. Where the second year has been uh, taking shape is less... Uh, less traveling and less um, um, connecting with uh, churches and doing gigs and worship uh, workshops and stuff and actually developing the vision of the the larger conferences. Yeah. And um, so that's a whole different ball of wax because uh, it requires a different sort of financial planning. Um, Perhaps it's a little bit more risky because you're building a the conference model and uh, you can't guarantee a lot of the things that you know what to expect when you when you travel and have a fee and stuff yeah so yeah so it's it's a, a little bit scarier i think probably if i'm being honest this year it's because we're taking more risks but we really feel convicted that that's what we're supposed to do now instead of doing what we kind of know mm. uh and can ha- have more solid expectations. We're kind of pushing uh, into places that, that we haven't necessarily gone to before and out of obedience to the Lord. So we'll see. Yeah. Right on. So you're talking a little bit about it already, what's happening for you in this season. Um, I think, you know, Oh, I, I know what I was going to ask you. So when you say we, you, you have a good team surrounding you. I'm assuming you've, you've got like a board of directors and, um, do you have, do you have a staff? Like how big is your organization right now? I mean, I know you're kind of the primary guy, right? Yeah, it's pretty lean. Um, have an administrator, uh, and, and myself. So like about one and a half, uh, ish staff. Yeah. Almost two staff, I guess. Right on. I'm a great board of directors. Yes, it, uh, it's a registered charity in Canada, so mm-hmm. we're required to have that. But I wouldn't want to do it, even if I wouldn't want to do it any other way, even if it wasn't required. Yeah. You get people around you that can support you, keep keep you accountable. Um, you know, carry some of the load, pray, uh, yeah. lead, guide, and then yeah, like countless volunteers and ministry partners like the Levite Summit in Kelowna, you know, involves um, three or four different churches, uh, Metro, Trinity, uh, Willow Park. We kind of have a joint um, planning committee. All these guys are working in in their churches, except for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, a whole network of, of, yeah, incredible volunteers to help us make the... um, make the events happen that's awesome man that's great yeah (coughs) um tribe yeah tell us uh what 
what are some of your uh, like? Let's. How will we get into just some of the soul care and pastoral side and and worship leading stuff, if that's okay? Absolutely. Um, what are some of the your your go tos, your priorities for your life, for taking care of yourself, soul care? Um, yeah. I think I think uh, when I wrote this question out. Uh, oh yeah, here. In other words, how do you cultivate a balanced life? That allows you to fulfill your call as a worship leader, which kind of relates to that later question that I sent you yesterday. You know, like you're you, you're unique, and you know you've already talked a little bit about your, uh, uh, I guess your thresholds or, or in seasons and things that you've needed. So, what are your go tos? Like, how did you when you realized you needed some, some. Uh, I forget what you said. What did you say? Recovery, even though it wasn't, you weren't recovering from something, but in your transition and, and even now today, like what are some of your go-tos? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, first of all, that's, that's what I love about the Levite Summit is that um, it is an equipping conference, but we're really intentional about the prayer ministry and the spiritual care and mm. formation of the, the folks that come, right? So a lot of people actually turn up at Levite Summit just knowing that they're they're needing they're needing a blessing, right? Yeah, in some life and some care and needing to learn some of those lessons again. And, um, and so I'd encourage anyone, even if they feel like they're doing pretty good in terms of their skills or whatever, mm-hmm. but need to be filled up. Um, that you can find that uh, at Levite Summit. Um, and for me, um, uh, probably most recently what I've been learning and realizing is this whole piece of, <clears throat> you know, what's a Levite and who, who am I called to be by God? And the, really the heart of, um, of that is intimacy um, mm. with him. And so... Uh, I am responsible to find uh, find that and build that and be intentional about that. And I love how the Old Testament and the New Testament basically concur, you know, on that. Yep. You can read, like, one of the my go-tos in, is the John 15 abide, mm. abiding stuff, you know, and I can do nothing apart from... Christ and to abide is to is to be grafted in it's to, to abide is to be so close that you can't be any closer to abide is yeah. to actually become one with the other thing so that there's not two there's actually one right yeah so that's Jesus teaching us that that's our that's who we're meant to be is to be grafted into him but um, the the Israelites had the, had the same call. And one of the best Hebrew words that teaches us that is the word yada. And that word is used all over the place in the Hebrew scriptures. And we know it as knowledge. So um, um, the, uh, the proverb, um, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Uh, 
that word is yada. Um, uh, let me think. Um, Genesis, Adam knew Eve, and they conceived. That word is yada. So it can it conveys a deep intimacy and in a knowing. Wow. And actually, the word that's often used to describe the Levitical tribe, the priests and the musicians and the temple servants, is yada. And so we can know from that that, um, for example, in the Psalms, we read this, uh, this song is for the chief musician. Um, and then there's, there, there were various guys, right, that were named. Mm -hmm. Those guys were described as and called to yada. So they were called to um, being a chief musician, which didn't just mean that they were good at music or priestly duties. It meant that they were good at, excellent at being intimate with God. Mm. So that's uh, to be known by him and to know him in such a deep way that when you do another uh, word from the psalm Selah when you stop and listen and pause in God's presence you're so good at knowing him mm. that you can hear him well and you can hear what he's calling you to and you can um, be the prophet or um, you can prophesy as they were called to do uh, at that time and now we're a priesthood we're taught Right by Paul, yeah. that we're a, a priesthood, so we are those people now, a holy nation called to do the same thing now that they did then, which is to be intimate mm. with God. So that's kind of where I'm at. And to say all that is not to say that I'm good at it, but to say it is to say I, I want to be um, and I'm trying uh, mm. and I fail, but that that's where. That's where I'm at right now. If there was one thing that I had to um, talk about, that would be that would be the drum that I'm banging these days. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, probably late '90s. I think I think when Brian Dirksen, I can't remember if he had come back from England and he was overseeing um, uh, Vineyard worship, and I remember hearing him talk a few times about his philosophy of worship being all about intimacy. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, I, I got it. I totally agreed, but I also had this like, um, I don't know. I don't know if it was left over from <laughs> growing up in the evangelical church with, you know, I don't know, legalism and, and, um, uh, mm. just being driven by our brains and, and mm -hmm. reason and logic and but I wanted to I wanted to not push back against the intimate part of what he was saying but say but there's got to be more there's more there's more but uh, the older I get and and you know obviously the more I studied and it is it's really about intimacy because all the other stuff happens in that in intimacy too right like so it's not and I don't know I just love that that's that's great. I love how you put it. I love I love how you articulated that. That's I think what you're saying is right though there is more. Um mm -hmm. but more stems out of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So like if we're not yeah, pursuing pursuing him then the the whole listening like that whole sila thing of pausing in God's presence and listening 
what you notice in the Psalms is that whenever there is a sila, mm. there's a shift in the there's a shift in the um, the story. Right. Uh, there's a shift in the poetry. Right. So it could be something like, ah, I can't believe what's happening to me. Um, I'm surrounded by sadness. I, you know, this is life is too challenging for me. And then there's a sila, and then there's a shift after the sila. Yet I will praise the Lord. Mm. Um, yet I know that my God is great. Right. So, mm-hmm. what's happening is the the Israelites are they're worshiping, and and it was written out of this. By, by an individual, but it was written for corporate worship. And so the Israelites then would have been using that song as a worship song and obeying the musical and spiritual direction of the song when it comes to that spot and saying, ah, why are we yeah. suffering? And then they see that and they wait and they listen to God and they experience that intimacy. And out of that intimacy, then they respond then they worship at another level, at a deeper place. They hear from him. And and I think that's why I I like what how you're responding is to say, yeah, there's intimacy, but there's more. Because there is more. Because in the intimacy, you listen. And then you respond. And maybe, maybe that's what we're supposed to try and figure out, you know, in our worship now. Yeah. And I, don't, I, I mean, I think... We see what I mean. I look at like Brian's teaching, he wasn't saying that was everything, but you know, I wanted I don't know, in my younger years, I wanted to just make sure I wasn't getting anything wrong or or missing something, or you know, but yeah. but that's exactly it. Like, that's exactly it. It's yeah. it's get close, be able to listen and obey like i love that mm-hmm. like you you follow the spiritual direction that's going to be one of the quotes from this follow the spiritual direction of the psalm or mm-hmm. or of the liturgy you know that's that's huge i think some I, I don't know it's just got me thinking like that's something we can work on as worship leaders too is helping people to understand when we create um a service uh, there are pointers. There's little hints to them, like, okay, we're going this way now, and uh, you know, it's not like we're not like barking orders at them, but like, this is a way that we're all, yeah, follow the spiritual direction of the huh. blank, cool. whatever it is, right? Um, got me thinking about uh, Psalm seventy three too. That's probably my favorite, and I, I'm I'm just looking up right now because I can't remember if there is a Sela in there, but it there there should be at the turnaround. You know when he's like everybody. You know when he says if I had if I had, oh what's the words? Uh, I'm using the um, the passion these days, so it's different. Right. Yeah. Is it seventy three? Yeah, I think it is. Anyways, I don't have I I'm looking at it, the NRSV and there's no little extras in there, so I'm. But I love that the turnaround, this the like you 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 listen to the voice of God and you respond accordingly, and it's good. So yeah. um, oh sorry. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say add to that that you know we in our worship now we plan for Silas. 
we might not call it that, but we plan mm-hmm. for that. But we also have them uh, when they're not planned, right? Yeah. Um, and so I imagine that that probably happened in Israelite worship with these psalms. So when you say, there's not a sila here, but there should be, <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, I bet, I bet there probably was. Sometime. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we better stop here and yeah. listen for a bit, even though it doesn't say that we have to. We still can, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there it's... should be some flexibility, I think, in our worship to do that. And I think we can still have structure and intentionality in our services, but also have some openness to um, to those moments where we think we gotta uh, we gotta stop and listen or whatever yeah well I mean in between verse 14 and 15 this is in Psalm 73 there is a break in the as far as how they've how they've printed the text you know and he says all in vain I've kept my heart clean he's talking about how how great everyone else has it you know those who aren't following God like look at how easy their lives are and and then he says, for all day long I've been plagued and I'm punished every morning because he's trying to stay clean. And he's like, what the heck? what's the point, right? And then the big turnaround, there's this like slight break on the page. And then if I had said this, I will t- <laughs> if, I, if I decided to go this way, basically, mm-hmm. I would have been untrue to the circle of your children. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to be a wear- wearisome task. It's like, mm-hmm. it's this cool little like, it's mm-hmm. almost like... There is a sila, but we're he's telling us about it because <laughs> yeah. he realizes he's on the wrong track. But it seems wearisome to think about this, you know. And until I went to the sanctuary of God, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, do you have you talked a little bit about your your experience in Winnipeg and how awesome that was, uh, growing a community and doing those events? Do you have any key? stories or experiences uh as far as um you know corporate worship times maybe you were leading worship or involved in a service uh think story just you know stakes in the ground or or experiences that really fueled your journey along the way uh yeah yeah absolutely uh, definitely do um one one that i kind of that i remember that i think is maybe helpful to share for other people, um, wherever they're at on their journey, uh, was a time that where I was kind of in a building stage, and I had some friends that were having success, mm. and I and it was I was happy for them and proud of them, but frustrated that I wasn't sharing the same perceived success in in my music and ministry, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I always remember, um, well, from time to time, I think about the delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart thing and what that actually means. And um, I don't think I always really took that to heart in the way that it should be, mm. uh, which is, I think, largely that the desires of your heart become his desires or his desires become yours, you know, as you get closer to him, as you build that intimacy that we've been talking about today. Yeah. And so it's, it's not about the desires of your heart, um, get, getting what you want. It's about 
actually falling in love with the Lord. And when you do that, then you want what he wants. Mm. It happens. <laughs> right? Yeah. So the, the example that I experienced was um, I was at this uh, awards thing in, um, I think it was in Regina or Saskatoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, at uh, the the big fancy local theater there, performing arts theater. Right. I remember the name of it. And um, I was nominated for a Christian Music Award, and I didn't win. And some friends of mine received it, and, you know, it's all good for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, th- I just, I coveted that the stage, and I coveted that, um, that, that accolade, that affirmation. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, I wish I could have been playing on that stage cause they got to perform. Yeah. And, um, moved on, you know, went on with my life. A couple of months later, I was on tour with a college tour that was doing a whole bunch of cities across Canada. And the venue that we had for the event in Saskatoon was a church, one of the large churches. Mm. But at the last minute, they had to change the venue. And uh-huh. they changed the venue. And I was the, the guest musician on the tour. So we would show up and set up all the college booths. And I would do a show. And that was mm. the thing, you know, to bring students down and see a good music thing. And then get exposed to all these colleges that um, right. they could potentially attend. So they changed the venue from a church, and guess what venue they changed it to? They changed <laughs> it to the Saskatoon Performing Arts, right? And yeah. so I did get to play on that stage. Yeah. Um, but I played on that stage as a, you know, as a worship artist on, on this tour that I was on, mm. and not, not in the way that I'd expected or hoped, but actually in the way that my heart desired yeah and so and it doesn't always happen that way steve but this time i I kind of felt like it was god saying see you know if you just do what i'm calling you to do you know from time to time these things are going to happen where you'll see yeah the the desires of your heart are are things that 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 i want to give to you but you need to just like the the words just trust in the lord with all your heart and all these things you know be added unto you and um so yeah so that's that's kind of one of the one of the memories i have and um i i'm tempted to share another one so i think i will yeah i know go for it yeah Uh, um when i i had the blessing of going on sabbatical um a few years ago while i was still at vac and um i thought you know, one of the goals I had was to write a lot of music um, because I was going to have all this time available to me to do that. And um, the first day that I had, my first day of sabbatical, um, I was overwhelmed with anxiety. And mm. uh, I just kind of sat on the couch and I look at, you know, would look at my guitar and didn't even want to pick it up. And I would sit at the piano and try and play something and there's just nothing in the tank. And I thought, what is going on with me? I have all the time in the world now. Um, you know, where, where is it? Is it mm-hmm. gone? And mm-hmm. I actually was genuinely worried that 
the artistic um, thing was gone. Yeah, uh, it was done. Um, and I was uh, I was reading a book. I was reading a couple books at the time. I was reading a book called Adrenaline and Stress by Archie Hart, and I was reading a book by Mark Buchanan called Spiritual Rhythms. Oh yeah. And a couple of things that those books have, they're totally different books, but there's a couple of things that they have in common. And that is this idea of seasons and creativity and trying to restore that. And um, what happens in the different seasons, um, fall, winter, spring, summer, is, uh, is a picture of our lives, right? And yeah. so in the winter... Uh, things look and perhaps feel dreary. The nights are longer. Um, trees aren't bearing fruit. Um, you know, you prune stuff. Stuff's getting cut off. It looks dead, but it's not dead. Um, but there is a spring, and the thing that you don't know is when it's coming, but the mm. thing that you do know is that it is. Yeah. So you always know that 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 season will change you just don't know when and uh so i realized at that time okay uh i could consider the fact that i'm in winter and that if you ask a tree in winter to give you fruit the tree would just laugh at you you know like if you're in <laughs> Narnia, where trees actually do talk yeah, yeah have a conversation with a talking tree the tree would say well it's winter i don't do i don't do fruit in winter and yeah. so as as an artist, I think it's worth remembering that um, doesn't mean you can't be creative in winter, that good things don't happen in winter, but that it's okay to not be bearing fruit in winter. And mm. the, the other piece, the, the Archie Hart piece from this Adrenaline book I was reading is that you can't expect anything to grow unless you create the conditions for growth. Mm. So if you've lived in a way that, you know, where you're pushing your your body and your spirit on a regular basis and you're not recovering properly and uh, you're having these adrenaline spikes and maybe you're not resting properly, you're not taking those Sabbaths, whatever, there, there is nothing, nothing's going to grow. And, and that's the kind of the state that I find my, found myself in at the time um, that I think a lot of uh, professionals or ministry people or people just in general find themselves living in such a way as they're surviving um, and then they, they sort of expect there to be something there or that they can just turn it on again but you can't because you've, you haven't created any of the conditions yeah. so to, you, you know, to, to try and <laughs> land this whole story the, 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 uh, the whole point the conclusion is okay then what do you need to do to create the conditions for life and growth and um, if you're in winter and spring is coming, you know, what are, what are you going to do? And I realized that I, my job wasn't to instantly be creative. My job was just simply to create the conditions for creativity to thrive, right. which just meant to till the soil. Yeah. Um, to just to till the soil and then to plant seeds and then to water them and then to wait. And sometimes the vineyard, you know, you have to mm. wait for years. To get to that condition where it's like perfect, perfect for the best grapes, right? So yeah, 
So instead of trying to write a song, I tried to create the conditions for creativity. So I just started reading. I read as much as I could, and I I played music, but I didn't play it to write. I just learned songs. You know, I I worshipped. I did personal worship. I wasn't trying to write songs, and it took about five months. But after five months, um, finally, uh, stuff started to grow again. Right on. So that's you know that's a I think hopefully another story that's encouraging to artistic people or ministry people that from time to time just remember that you're you don't have to produce anything you you just have to be obedient to creating the the conditions planting the seeds tilling the soil uh, and it, something will grow eventually and you will there there is a spring coming. Mm. there's appropriate things for every season there's cutting off times and there's growth times and it's okay you know and that that can be hopeful well i think i think this speaks to you know most if not all everyone who's listening to this is most likely uh you know an artist in some way (laughs) maybe they don't write a lot of songs but they're definitely choosing songs um helping to form the the weekly service or liturgy in their community and i mean it's the same thing goes like there's there's been a lot of weeks where i just knew i had to be faithful to prepare the service and to rehearse you know the song part and to prepare anything i was going to read or say or whatever and i maybe wasn't feeling it but i knew that if i like you say, tilled the ground, watered the soil, um, that it, it would be beneficial to our community. And, it, and the hope is, you know, if you have Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and this goes on forever, um, yeah, you might want to, <laughs> you might want to, uh, go to your, your, your trusted, you know, your, your closest friends and, and, uh, counselors and, your leader, whatever, and say like, something's up, something's dry. But like, generally speaking, like if we keep, you know, facilitating worship and facilitating songwriting, facilitating or fostering it maybe is a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. And I found that I would have these dry spells, but I knew that the Lord was telling me like, still do it. And it wasn't about going through the motions. It's about, you know, using... Uh, the gifts and the resources and the experience that he put in me to to do my best, you know, as far as mm. preparing and and so I mean it can look that can look any a number of ways for for any of us, but I think um, whether you're writing songs or choosing songs or or recording a podcast or whatever, you know, like you do your best yeah. to create the yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, I, I don't know how I didn't do very well this morning, but I tried to blame it on my kids. But I should have gotten up earlier, John. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I had a few more questions that I threw at you, but I honestly I think you've covered a lot. I want to honor your time. I don't want to you know keep you for too long here, but it's been so good, so rich for yeah, me personally. Like, gosh, that I I just decided while you're speaking there, I just thought. I got to do this at least once a week with somebody because it's feeding me yeah. <laughs> and I'm learning from it. Like, yeah, and then I good. get to listen to it again. Sorry. What's that? That's really good. Steve. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, 
relationship, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. So just maybe quickly as we as we close, you know, to a worship leader is just starting out, assuming we recognize a gifting and a calling in them, you know, what are your one to three kind of tips or advice that you would give somebody? I know this is sort of a typical end of the podcast question when you're doing an interview, but I, I always think it's great to hear what people say, but, you know, what, what advice would you give somebody that's just starting? Hmm. Okay, well, I'll give you a couple that have been important for me. One is um, I read uh, something years ago. I think it was Tom, a guy named Tom Crowder, mm-hmm. or Crowder um, a worship pastor um, that had written a small uh, handbook at the time. And one of the statements he made is worship leaders or lead worshipers or whatever need to put aside all need for personal affirmation and just serve something like that right and later in life i i had to learn a little bit about that because i realized that so there's this whole personality thing um called myers-briggs some people are really into uh, myers-briggs anyway uh i'm an infp and one one of the things about the my personality type in the artistic venue is that I have a high need for affirmation and a lot of artists are like that. And so, but we don't, we don't really, either we don't know it or we, um, we do know it, but we feel bad about it, (laughs) you know, uh, or whatever, or, or we, we've come to understand it. And for me, what I realize is, okay, if I, if I know that that's what I need, then I just I need to find people in my life that can that can give that to me that can meet that need in a healthy way, mm. uh, so that when I am serving, I, I don't feel like okay, it, um, I don't have like an unhealthy need to make it perfect. Obviously, I want to make it good. I want to do my best, bring my my excellence, but. You know, you can cross a line where it becomes about the excellence more so um, than the condition of your heart. Mm. So to be able to put aside your need for affirmation and um, is 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 an important thing to like hold in, in a balance in attention. Um, so Psalm seventy eight seventy two is a great little um, little line for that. To David led with skillful hands and a pure heart. So if if the heart outweighs the skill, then something's out of whack and it doesn't really work very well. Like someone who's like super passionate, but they can't tune their guitar, let's say. Yeah. Um, or if the skill is out of whack with the heart and there's there's not really the passion for, uh, for the Lord and you're not in tune, but you're really, really good, you can experience a, um, you know, a presentation from someone that's so good, but sort of feel like, it, it, it didn't connect you like you you weren't able to yep. connect to to God somehow and that's because the the hands and heart aren't in tune so to be able to put aside that need for affirmation hold those things your gift and your talent in balance the other thing I learned actually I got curious one day and I, I thought well this parable about the five talents like how, how much money did those guys actually get right five talent, uh, two talent, and one talent mm-hmm. thing. And so I, I looked it up and one, one, I just Googled it, right? What one estimate is that, um, 
uh, five talents would be roughly equivalent to $13 million or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right? So this, oh this rich guy that went away, he gave, let's just say he gave one person $10 million and one person $5 million and one person $1 million. But the, the whole point of that for me is if I, if I look at a talent as symbolic of what God has given me to, to invest in, mm-hmm. um, what that is, is that's a trust. He has entrusted that to me. And so I'm to take that thing that he entrusted to me and I'm to do whatever I can do with that to offer it back, serve him, do, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that might be. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so um, to have pure, pure heart and um, skilled hands and to do that um, less out of a, a personal fulfill- fulfillment, but more out of a realization of, okay, this is a trust that's been given to me. And, you know, like we've been talking about for the last hour, trying to, stumble into intimacy as much as I can with him. You know, those are, I think, the uh, some some really valuable and important things to remember. That's awesome, man. You know, no matter where you're at in the journey, starting out as a musician or if you've been doing it forever, you know, it's just, yeah, important either way. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, even those, I've seen those with talent who um, they might be there in spirit and their heart is there, but they haven't actually been developing as a musician for a long time. You know, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Like it's, you know, you got hands, me thinking, man. Man. it's a yeah. I've been, I've been trying to learn lately. Cause I feel like I was dry in, um, spe- well in the music, I feel like I had plateaued, not like, yeah. Anyways, I had I just hadn't been practicing the way I would like to, and mm-hmm. so this past I don't know in the last three or four months I I was like I want to learn some Steely Dan songs. <laughs> so oh. it's like it's yeah it it's been it's been good, but uh, you just reminded me I got to get on that again today. <laughs> awesome. All those uh, flat fives and major nines <laughs> and. What they call the 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 moo major chord, uh, but anyways, uh, man, it's been so good. Like I had a couple other questions, you know that, but I think maybe we we could do this again down the road, yeah, and sure. uh, you know just see where you're at after maybe maybe after the next couple of summits and and see what's coming next. And uh, but man, I, we'll be everybody pray for John, pray for Levite Summit. Yeah, let me. Uh, you are warmly invited to the Levite Summit for you know some great equipping and training and inspiration and spiritual care. Right on. All artists and musicians and leaders and or people that just want to be you know in that vibe and experience some some great teaching and some uh, really fun and uh, reflective and uh, good time worship. Uh, so yeah, LeviteSummit.com. Right on. And, um, yeah, the, just type Levite Summit on your, your Facebook or your Instagram uh, or all the social media. You'll, you'll find us. You got two or three new songs or a, or a book or two that you, you want to recommend to our listeners? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, let me think about songs and books. So, yeah, I'm kinda, I've been digging um, 
Rand Collective lately. Right on. Um, they're, I, I, I like that, you know, they have some fun stuff and there's a lot of joy in their music. Yeah. I, I think it, it seems like right now there's lots of great worship music and a lot of great anthems. Yeah. But there's it's maybe harder to find, you know, some energy and just joyful uh, songs of Thanksgiving and entering the courts with praise type stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like uh, Rend Collective these days. Uh, Lionheart is a pretty fun song I've been leading. Um, I've been enjoying the Glorious Day. There's a tune called Glorious Day by Christian Stanfields. Ah, uh, yes, some, yes. Some good times there. Um, yeah, and then as far as books go, yeah, I would I would just reiterate again, um, you know, to understand like the the sort of psychological, physical, um, spiritual spikes and valleys, hills and valleys in your life. That adrenaline and stress book was actually really interesting and informative for me. Archibald Hart, um, spiritual rhythms by Mark Buchanan really changed my life and my understanding of uh, how to be a leader and, and do ministry and and have those seasons and changes. Um, Buchanan has another great book called The Rest of God. Yeah. It's a great Sabbath book. Um, and uh, there's a there's a writer called Brene Brown. Yes. That I, that <laughs> I, um, and she's got a few books out, but I read Rising Strong on sabbatical and uh, found that to be really really helpful for for me um just awesome. in yeah, understanding how to how to be okay with mm-hmm. who i am and who i'm becoming um That's and great. another guy i would commend to you is uh parker palmer he's a quaker oh, yeah. yeah and i read a book called let your let your life speak which really helped me get clarity on something we were talking about earlier in the in the uh, conversation here um you know just uh, th- that whole idea of taking a break and trying to figure out, okay, uh, am I am I still meant to be uh, doing what I'm doing, or is it time for a shift? You know, if you're kind of feeling like um, a little bit restless mm. um, and don't know why, that's a great book to read. That's awesome. Yeah, I used to have a uh, I had a spiritual director for a while, and then and just recently, like I haven't I haven't met with him for a long time but recently i just was doing some almost like spiritual directing myself because i i went back to like pretending i was in a session with him and and it always came down to that like listening to your life i mean and and so i i don't know i think it was last week i just felt like man i haven't heard like the voice of god lately it's not like i didn't i've I don't know if I've ever heard an audible voice, but I, you know, God speaks to me to to all of us in in different ways, and and often it's kind of unique to who we are. And but I felt like He was sort of nudging me and saying, "Hey, like I am speaking. Like sit down and think about what's going on in your life today, and what what's what themes are there." And yeah. Anyways, that, so that's that's a good that's good. I might want to check that out. So mm. I don't know yeah. if that's where he goes with it, but just by the title, I thought, hmm. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Hey, dude, that's aw- That's so cool. Thank you so much for for doing this, and I feel full up and ready to. It took so long. <laughs> what's what's that? Oh yeah, yeah. No, Sorry, well, it took so long. 
<laughs> no, man, it's that's totally cool, and I hope you're okay with the late start and we went long here, but, uh, it's been really good for me. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So this has been the worship leader life.com podcast. You can find us at worship And we just released a new mini ebook called four pillars of an awesome worship leader. We'd love for you to check it out. That's at worship I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Our next podcast is going to be released in a week, and I really hope you join us. Thanks. Bye-bye.
Christ is Lord.